Hi folks and happy Friday the 13th. It is January 13th, 2023 and I am Jason Spore with Templar Strategic Solutions. And welcome to Season 1, Episode 4 of our Talks with Templar podcast. Now folks, as always, you know, our primary goal here is to ensure that our podcasts are informative, that we give you more to take away when you leave the podcast for the day than when you started. And we promised you, even in our opening episode, that we would always try to cover matters of actual importance and share with you insights into our industry from the contract point of view, as well as showcasing various technology and things like that. Well, folks... Here's the fun one for you. Tonight, or today, this morning, however you want, whenever you happen to be listening, we're going to discuss due diligence, okay, and why that is just absolutely so important, even on our side as a business owner, and even on your side, because you may very well get similar emails that what we've gotten over the past few weeks. One particular email that came in on this past Wednesday, January 11th at 8.09 a.m. was one of those emails that triggered the due diligence response. And the reason I say that, it took a little bit of time. It took a couple email exchanges with the prospective client, and that's what I'm going to call them for the moment. But... What it came down to, folks, was the idiot was trying to play a scam, and we obviously caught him, and I being the chief of security as well as the CEO and acting president of Templar Strategic Solutions, I was the one to respond to the emails. Captain Jones couldn't find a polite way to say it, and I don't blame him. He was almost, if not more so, annoyed than I was, but... The email started out like any other inquiry for service, and it was just simply a hello. They introduced themselves. They explained that they needed armed or unarmed guards and wanted to wanted us to advise them whether or not they were able to do so. We were able to provide such service, and then of course they inquired whether or not we accept cards as a method of payment. All right, guys. Obviously, we accept credit, debit, and ACH like any other reputable business. But because the email, this first email from him, did not have a signature block, it did not have a contact telephone number, it did not have a website attached, nothing for us to be able to verify the man. Obviously, that was our first red flag. But I've seen Stranger Things occur in this industry in 24 years so i gave the standard issue response of good afternoon sir please feel free to give us a call at and i included our office number of 304-591-9787 or contact chief spore directly i provided my personal cell phone number there to discuss you know and explain that we'd be happy to discuss the details and provide them a quote for services and then we i went ahead, went forward and answered their query regarding credit card payments advising that we do accept them through our invoicing platform for their convenience and 
I sent that message at 2.29 p.m. the afternoon of January 11th, and within 30 minutes, I received a response, okay? Reasonable gap there. Person could obviously have been away from their computer, been away from their phone. Nothing out of the ordinary, though I did anticipate a phone call. Well, in this gentleman's second email he sends out to us you know thank you for your response i recently purchased this house not too far from your location and he gave a physical street address that struck familiar with me here in spencer 1330 ripley road well the reason 1330 ripley road strikes familiar is because i pass that particular residence quite often traveling from the town of spencer west virginia to the city of Ripley, okay? Now, Ripley is not a big town either. They are the next Walmart over, basically, is how we look at it. And they're a slightly easier access point from Spencer to I-79 than it would be to try to go down 119, Highway 119 here in Calhoun, and or Roan County, I should say, into Kanawha County, and, you know, so a lot of us do. We just commute up through Ripley, and then we jump on 79 there because there's some ugly curves, and in the winter they're not very fun if the roads are slick down 119. But, like I say, I was familiar with the address, and one of the things that stuck out in my mind is the past few times I've ridden past that property, I've noticed a for sale sign in the yard. Okay, and this gentleman indicated he had just recently purchased it. Hey, no worries. So, then, but to clue you in, this was not a large property, folks. This was not a big house. And it was just one of those that struck me a little odd that the individual wanted armed security at a residential property. I could have maybe understood if he wanted to sign up for our patrol. I could have understood it if he wanted to, you know, engage us for keyhole services, things like that, which that would not be unrealistic for someone who travels with work to have a key holder or to say, hey, I'm going to be out of town from this day to this day. I need you guys to pick up patrol over there for me. Okay, that would have been a normal contract service. Asking for an armed security officer was a little bit peculiar. Again, you know, no signature lock, no signature block in his email, nothing like that. And then he goes into a long spiel about, you know, he had had a bad experience at a previous property that he had owned. He'd had people break in, everything had been stolen, etc., etc. Um. He explained that he worked as a mechanical engineer for a yacht company of some type. He did not name the company, which, again, was a little off, but, you know, some people like their privacy. And he gives this spiel about he's out already on the water he doesn't really have good phone connections so he's not able to make a phone call to discuss the matter because of his poor connection quality etc etc and 
you know, as I'm reading through, he wants to contract our services for 14 days. That's two weeks, guys. 14 billing days. And he wants service for 13 hours nightly from 1800 to 0700, which that's 6 p.m. to 7 a.m. for those of you that don't keep track of military or 24-hour clock. And, you know, he wants to know how much we would charge and said that it would be better for us to get him a total estimate versus just the hourly quote, which in all truth, guys, normally we would we, we would have quoted that anywhere from 23 to $30 an hour just because it was a rush job, even though it was local, because he wanted officers on site ASAP. And there's a lot behind getting personnel rolled out on something like that, especially an armed contract, guys. There's a lot of liability involved. There are many moving parts to a security contract. And just to be quite honest, we don't send anybody out to a job without a signed agreement. And the reason for that being that, you know, we're not going to go out there and put our guys at jeopardy or the company as a whole at jeopardy or the general public at jeopardy without having a contract that lays out whose liability is where and whose responsibility is what. Okay. But I go ahead and I respond to him. And I'm on the phone at the time while these emails are coming in with Captain Jones. And Captain Jones and I agree that, you know, we need to kind of raise an eyebrow. We need to put this one under a microscope a little bit because something doesn't feel right. Just the unusual number of requests, the verbiage, the lack of a signature block, the lack of any solid contact information, things like that complicate this type of arrangement. And so I simply responded back to him that, you know, I'll have him an estimate forwarded within the next 24 hours. He simply responds to that with an okay, thanks. Now, once I send that email and get his response, one of the first things Captain Jones and I do when we're looking at a bid contract, we look at the property on Street View, Google Maps, and the satellite view, Google Earth. And we do that so that we can get a better bird's eye view, so to speak, of the area where it's at and the property in and of itself. Now, guys, in all reality, I know that neighborhood, and him wanting an armed guard out there was a big red flag for me, because trust me, they don't need it over there. Okay, about the meanest thing you have out in that area, the most cantankerous thing you might run into, is a groundhog that somebody woke up too early in the spring, or one that might want to rob your garden. But other than that, we don't, uh, yes, we have some criminal element here in Roan County, Yes, a vacant house might tempt somebody, but I assure you this particular property out on Ripley Road would not tempt even the average or b below average thief, okay? So, I was already a little concerned, but I sent him the following email. Sir, if we're able to come to an agreement for 14 days at 13 hours a day, you'll be looking at approximately 
$4,400 in total with a deposit of 50% for armed services. Work can start as soon as your deposit clears. However, I'll need to send you a contract which will need signed along with you providing a copy of your current state-issued photo ID front and back as well as contact information for your employers for verification. Okay, and then comes the closing paragraph of additionally the address you provided shows as an active listing with the local realty office here in Spencer and my attempt to confirm the recent sale with their offices resulted in their advising that the property is in fact still on the market. Now the reason I did that is because once we pulled it up online the first thing we found was a realtor.com listing for a local realty company that I happen to know personally and the listing was live it wasn't showing like on Zillow where they tell you when it's off the market things like that no 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 this was an active listing for this property and the house valued out at fifty thousand dollars asking okay it's a fixer-upper it would be more of an investment property for a lot of people than it would be home sweet home okay but I gave him the option there to end the communication without much else being said by pointing out that I was aware that that property was still on the market. Also asking him to provide photo ID, sign the contract, and provide the contact information for his employers for verification should have all been clues to this gentleman or this individual, whomever they might have been, that, hey, we are paying attention and we know you're lying to us, but we're going to play your game. Obviously, it didn't because I sent that message out at 3.36 p.m. And by 3.46, 10 minutes later, guys, I received back a response from this individual st stating that they wanted to add one small task to the officer and have them crank the vehicle every three days to warm up the engine for 20 minutes or so. And they wanted to add an quote-unquote extra fee to the property manager or for the property manager. The keys to the house were with him. They hadn't had a chance to pay him before leaving. And their supposed property manager guys didn't have the ability to accept credit cards. So what they wanted to do was send me a larger sum of money than what it would take to pay the contract. And then have me hand that money over to this supposed property manager, okay? Now, what they, what, one, I, I want to point out, guys, for those of you that aren't familiar, here in West Virginia, much like many other states, a professional property management company must have a real estate license, okay? Now, Aside from what we do, what I do here with Templar, I also own a notary and signing service here in Spencer, and have been a certified signing agent and closing agent for the past couple years. I'm actually a fairly handy paralegal. I'm a member of the ABA and a few other professional groups, and what caught me off is 
I've never met a real real estate agent or a property management company or any other large, you know, business that handles, you know, larger transactions or even smaller transactions in retail settings that couldn't accept credit cards. And if they couldn't accept credit cards, most of them absolutely could accept wire transfers and or you could just cut them a cashier's check okay for me that that right there that that showed me this this individual's truest colors and here was the breakdown they wanted to provide they wanted my service fee quote unquote of forty four hundred dollars guys if you'll remember in my response to them with the limited quote that i provided I explained to them that they would be looking at approximately $4,400. That amount could go up. That amount could go down. It would all depend on what occurred during the course of the contract. You know, somebody might be late to work, so I may not have my full 13 billing hours. You know, there might be an incident where my guys have to stay over, which means I'm going to have to charge more for those man hours when my guys aren't there. That's just how that works. And that's what an estimate is. It's an estimated cost. And that's why I used the terms approximately. Okay. But he had wanted to attach an additional merchant's fee of 15000 and a tip and merchant fee, or for the agent's fee, was fifteen thousand. He wanted to attach a tip and merchant fee of five hundred, which would have made his entire total going out as far as cash. Not what he had to pay the the five hundred there. The tip and merchant would have been what he had to pay for the wire transfer to send the money over to me, supposedly, and. The total he wanted to send me was $19,900. And basically what it was is it would have been they send me that money and I go ahead and I pay their supposed agent, their, their property manager, and... He ends up with 15000 cash, which would have came out against our balance, mind you. And then the bank discovers that this $19,900 transaction is fraudulent. So they yank that 19900 back out of my account. And, of course, I would have already, at that point, have paid out the 15000 over to the individual who was the alleged property manager and you know plus then whatever salary was out or due for my personnel out of that plus the you know so whatever was left out of the salaries would have still been in the accounts but the 15,000 would have been gone we would have been on the hook for that $15,000 guys and it's very similar to the old Nigerian Prince scam or these Nimrods that call you claiming you've missed jury duty and that they work for a sheriff's department, things like that. But they tell you, you can pay over the phone. Well, no, you can't. Okay. And 
I read this email off to Captain Jones, and after we both got done laughing, and I took the time to drink a bit of coffee and get my blood pressure back in check, because his email came in at 346, it took me just under 20 minutes to respond, because it took me a moment to get cooled off. In all reality, guys, I wanted to reach through the screen and slap the gentleman. Because you've really got to be ballsy to, you know, send out an email like this to anybody. Either that or really, really, really stupid, folks. I'm shooting for a little bit of both with this one. But our response was very blunt, very to the point. We even made a small video of it for YouTube over on our YouTube channel. But my quick response back to him was, no, sir, you may have your alleged property manager contact me directly. We will not be accepting any payment aside from our own contract fees. In other words, we will not be acting in any way as a third party to transfer funds. Your property manager, if they're legitimate, can or should be able to easily accept credit or debit payment via any number of platform available via available or via direct wire transfer. It is quite that simple. And furthermore, we will need proving documents such as a certified copy of your deed of trust proving your ownership. And again, like I say, I know the real estate office personally, and my family have done business for a couple of generations with the owner of that particular local real estate agency. And beyond that, guys, for those of you who don't understand what a notary signing agent is, I do loan closings for real estate companies and title companies. I work as a freelance paralegal for a notary for quite a few different interstate law firms that specialize in real estate transactions, guys. So, amusingly enough... I have a very intimate knowledge of the finance process when it comes to what documents are included in the sale of a piece of West Virginia real estate. Why? Because I work with them almost daily. And I enjoy it. It's very lucrative. I get to travel all over the all 55 counties of the great state of West Virginia. And guys, I get to enjoy seeing my home state. It also gives me a chance to circulate our marketing materials for Templar, of course. Of course, I don't mix the two, but I do still provide, if we're working in a particular area where we've been trying to bring clients on board, I do tend to pay visits to various commercial and multi-family facilities and let them know who we are and leave some of our marketing material with them. So, you know, for this guy to actually be this brazen and he might have, I mean, he obviously got our email address, which I'm very proud of him for that. But the thing being, he would have either had to have seen it on our YouTube channel, seen or heard it on our YouTube channel, been listening to one of our podcasts, because as you know, I always encourage you guys to visit us over at TemplarStrategicSolutions.com or send us an email at info at TemplarStrategicSolutions.com. 
and th- this wonderful person obviously missed the point that we're also security consultants, okay? We provide uniform security services under the Templar Security Specialist brand, but all of our other professional services, our property inspections, our notary services, our civil process service, all of our assorted professional services are provided under the Templar Strategic Solutions LLC. And that includes our security consultations. And, you know, if he had bothered to pay attention to our website, bothered to pay attention to any of our marketing material, guys, he would have known that you don't come to somebody that is naturally suspicious and professionally paranoid is a good way to say that. Okay, and what I mean by professionally paranoid is it's our job to find the weak spots. It's our job to see the patterns. It's our job to offer solutions, i.e. the name strategic solutions, to those problems. And one of the first things, obviously, we hammer down to anyone we train to work on the professional services side versus the security side is do your due diligence. If it smells too nice to be right, double check it. If it sounds too good to be true, triple check it. And or to to put it more politely or more comically, however you care to look at this, the way I used to tell young security professionals that I was training down in North Carolina over the years, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, there's a chance it's a chicken. And I know that sounds bad, guys, but it has been a mantra that I've lived by. And once, and truthfully, once Captain Jones and I reviewed the absurd offer, and and when I say offer, I mean the absurdity of adding the additional fees, We embraced our own quiet little motto of, I'm just here for the caffeine and carnage. And we're still waiting. It's now, as I say, Friday, January 13th, 2023. We're still waiting on a response from this individual, but I did make the real estate company aware of what was going on. And we did, of course, publish screenshots on our Facebook page as well as put together a screen recording video of this fiasco to post over to our YouTube channel. And guys, I I tell you, I I know that I hammer about due diligence or I have a bit tonight. And I've I've made fairly light of this situation But the reason I made light of it is because if I don't make jokes, I'm going to get angry. And if I get angry, then I'm not going to rest. I'm going to end up with heartburn, and it's just not worth it. Now, folks, here's the big ticket, okay? This is the big ticket, guys. Um, To be very blunt, anytime, anytime you're engaging in any type of contractual agreement, anytime you are engaging in any situation where large sums of money are being transferred back and forth between people. Okay, emails are wonderful. 
Text messages are fine. Get these people on the phone, guys. Make them talk to you. Make them verify information. Make them provide you with real documentation. Certified copies, photo ID, all of these things. And make certain that you know you retain copies of all of that. Copies of their photo ID, copies of their contracts. If you're anything like me, there are contracts out there that we sign that I require a thumbprint. Once a contract goes over a certain amount, we require a thumbprint next to the signature. And the reason for that being is a party could easily fabricate an identification card or find another way to get themselves out of mischief. And guys... I don't mind them getting themselves out of mischief. So to speak, we're getting into mischief, however you want to call this. But what I do mind is them attempting to defraud me or defraud my company or jeopardize in any way, shape, fashion, or form the credibility or the financial health of Templar Strategic Solutions, my business partners, or our employees. Okay, and everybody out there, if you do business, we need to all think like that. We all need to push because for whatever reason, and I don't understand human nature enough to understand it some days or or to at least even hypothesize very well about the particular purpose behind their behavior. But guys, these thieves are getting bolder and bolder and bolder and... In all reality, with the electronic age, the technology age coming into play and everything going digital, folks, it's getting rough out there. It really, really is, okay? And it's getting rough because it's getting harder and harder to track these people. It's getting harder and harder to verify people. It's getting harder and harder to accomplish a great number of things, And, at least on the recovery side, what's not getting harder, what's frankly getting easier are the methods and available techniques and, you know, ways to hide their identity are are being presented to these scammers almost daily. Every day, it gets easier and easier for these guys to scam you. And, you know, I just, I can't emphasize how much of a burden that really could be for a small company. Templar Strategic is a very small company. We are still fairly new. While we do have a pretty solid working reputation so far... We will only be hitting the LLC's one-year birthday or anniversary in a few months. Okay, we've not, our LLC has not been in full swing an entire calendar year yet. A nineteen dollars to $20,000 cash loss, guys, would be a devastating blow to our organization. And 
I know a lot of companies, they may have $100,000 worth of sales in a, in a month or a quarter, but they might only have forty dollars to $100,000 in liquid asset or working capital that could be used to absorb. And nine out of ten times, guys, that's their payroll, that's their tax liabilities, that's their insurance liabilities. And a hit like that would hurt. A hit like that, a $20,000 hit, would pay almost all of Templar's insurances for the entire year, if not all of our insurances for the year. And without our insurances, we're not very effective. Because if we don't have insurance, we can't work. So, we obviously wanted to do our due diligence and... What we discovered in just a matter of a few minutes was that the individual was simply trying to perpetrate a fraud. Now, let me explain the game he's running here. Alright, what it is, is as I said before, one of the most common factors is they'll find someone willing to make that type of a transaction for them where they include this ridiculous additional amount. And they will turn around and then when that, when that transaction proves to be fraudulent, the bank takes that money back. But they've already skipped town with that large amount of money. But the thing is, guys, what boils off from that is that they will end up with if they're not running that particular angle, this is also a way that some more nefarious types launder money. They transfer that money out of their hands into a third-party account like ours, and then they hand it off to their counterpart on the other side of the transaction. What that does is it muddies the waters. It makes it harder to track that money. It makes it harder to find that person. And if you can't find that person on both sides of the uh, of the transaction there, on both sides of the scam, it's the guy in the middle holding the back. And I've seen innocent people, retirees, folks that are more naive, folks that are more trusting of other folks, who have sadly ended up losing their life savings to scams like this. And again, guys, it just really is, it's a matter of due diligence. And we'll talk more at a later episode about additional aspects of due diligence when it comes to investigative work with our security side or when dealing with law enforcement or dealing with a rowdy, you know, with rowdy parties or someone suspected of a crime that we've had to detain. But this evening, I just wanted to stop and I wanted to share this experience that we've encountered with you guys as far as this gentleman trying to scam our company and let you know that, you know, this does happen, and it's not just the retirees. It's not just innocent people catching a bad email. It is literally folks, even the small business owners out there, even the larger corporate owners. 
you know, I've worked retail. I've worked both in convenience stores, and I even worked at Walmart for a little while over the years. And one of the th- one of the most common training aspects that I saw at every retail facility I ever worked was if you get a phone call and they tell you to go do XYZ and they say they're from corporate or this, that, or the other, you tell them to call back when a manager's on deck. Or if they call and they want to sell you or they want you to sell them a gift card, a prepaid visa, a prepaid phone card, etc., over the phone and give them the numbers, you tell them, no, I'm sorry, those have to be purchased in person. And the reason for that is because it's a very common scam. I know a gentleman who worked for Walmart for a good number of years who fell victim to a similar situation. He had a... He was working a late shift, I believe, and a call came in. They alleged they were from corporate, and they instructed him to completely reset the entire self-checkout line. Okay, Guys, I don't recall all of Walmart's policies, but I'm going to tell you right now, that's a big no-no. If corporate needs something like that done, they're not going to pick up a phone in the middle of the evening and call. They're going to reach out to a general manager, or they're going to send the technician or their maintenance team out to do something like that direct. They're not going to make phone calls. It's kind of like getting served a warrant. They're not going to call and warn you about a warrant. They're just going to show up at your door knocking and say, Hi, you're coming with us today. That's how that works, boys and girls. But, you know, the thing being, and I know I've said that a hundred times, and you'll have to forgive me, guys. I am a little bit tired. Um, You really do. You, you have to be aware. And in, in this case, you know, if you want to see the email screenshots for yourself, by all means, go check out our YouTube channel. Find Templar Strategic Solutions LLC over on YouTube and check out our videos. And the video that has this particular email exchange is, in fact, our most current. But, guys, here's the deal. And this is a big one. You know, pay attention to how things are worded. Look for the little red flags when it comes to these kind of emails. The ones I talked about earlier. If an email doesn't have a signature block, meaning the name of the sender, contact information, if it doesn't have a link to a company website, things like that, unless they are just simply an individual, that's unusual because if it's a professional email, and I've had quite a few company emails over the years, guys, there's always a signature line. And it tells you who the person is, what their position is, what their duty is. And it gives you various points of contact for them. A direct phone number or extension. An email address included in the signature line. A physical mailing address sometimes, depending on what their position is or the nature of the, the, nature of the business overall. 
And never, ever, ever, guys, never give out any type of in-depth personal information via email or over the phone to anyone you do not personally know and trust. Okay, dealing with people you know and trust will burn you just as it'll burn you at times too and I, I won't sit there and tell you that everybody is a good wonderful person because even though everybody has the penchant to be a good person everybody also has the ability or capability of being a bad person i spoke earlier yesterday afternoon to a longtime friend of mine and I reminded her very lovingly, and bear in mind, she is one of my best friends. She's like a member of my family. Her sons are the same as my own kids in my eyes. The, these boys are my, are my favorite nephews, so to speak. I reminded her that while she is capable of violence, she's not built for violence. That's why she has people like me that love her. And... Some of you might laugh at that, but the reality of it is she's a U.S. veteran. She is a wonderful human being, and I'm very proud of her and her accomplishments in life. But physically speaking, she is not built for violence. Emotionally speaking, she is not built for violence. She feels remorse. She feels regret. She feels the gamut of human emotion. And she's a very compassionate and very empathetic person. So, as I say, she's not built for violence. It doesn't mean she's not capable. It simply means that she's not the kind of person that should engage in the practice of violence. Because the emotional tolls alone and psychological tolls of violence on her would be far higher than it is for someone who is more accustomed and who has had certain life experience. That, that's a good way to call that. And the same goes, really, guys, for dealing with fraudsters. You know, some people are built to deal with them. My team over here at Templar Strategic, we're built to deal with fraudsters. We're built to deal with ne'er-do-wells. We're here to be peace of mind. We're here to handle those problems. And we automatically saw flags. We automatically saw reasons to question. I know a lot of folks that have hearts of gold that wouldn't have thought twice. They would have sent the guy a quote. He would have offered to pay the contract in full up front with that added you know, chunk of change that all they had to do was transfer that money over to the property manager and because, you know, let's just face reality, 14 days, $4,400, two weeks, $2,200 a week. That, that's a nice little contract, especially when it's only seven to, 10 mile, seven to 10 minutes up the road from the office. You know, you get up, you have coffee, you spend time with family, you put your uniform on, you spend a few extra minutes with your kids, you jump in your vehicle, you run to work. And you work your 13 hours on a very what would have been a very quiet assignment. And then you go home. And 
your drive is all of 15 minutes during bad weather. And that's if you stop for gas. And, you know, that would have been a nice little payout. That, that would have covered a month's worth of expenditures just with the deposit. That would have covered a month's worth of operating costs for our office and had surplus very likely. But the thing being is a smaller company or someone that just didn't catch the patterns, they jump on that. They're trying to help this potential client out because they want the repeat business, so they're going to do him a solid. And Sure, man, I'll, I'll go ahead and take care of getting your guy that money. See, Templar, yeah, we'll go pay your property manager for you. Send us a cashier's check. You send it to us or have it set so we can pick it up. We'll pick it up from the local bank for you. We'll sign for it. We'll make sure everybody's receipts. And we'll handle a document courier on that for you. Or if you're paying in cash and you want that cash transported, you seal it in an envelope. We put evidence tape or seal tape across the back of that envelope. Everybody marks it so we can tell it's not been tampered with once it leaves the office. We give you a receipt for the package. We take the package we go to your recipient, we make the recipient produce identification, sign off on the, rece on the receipt forms, and then we hand them the package and we leave. What we're not going to do, guys, is let you dump $15,000 of money that's not ours into our account and then have us hand that money over to somebody else. Why? Because that's fraud. That's, that's bad business. But the only way we could have done something like that would have been if we had charged him the 50% deposit in cash and then advised him that there would be not less than a 60-day hold on the transaction as far as his 15, additional $15,000 so that we could guarantee the money was not going to be pulled back out of our account. And nobody's going to go for that, especially a scammer. A scammer wants their money right now, guys. That, that's the end of that fight. But I know this hasn't been our most put-together podcast. I apologize for that, folks. Like I say, I just wanted to sit down with you all and have a realistic discussion about these email fraudsters. Again, if you want to check out the screenshots of the emails for yourself, Go ahead and jump over to our Facebook page or go find us on YouTube. Go ahead and make a point when you have time. Visit our website, TemplarStrategicSolutions.com. Check out our shop tab. We have received some amazing feedback on our Templar Strategic Solutions coffees. And of course, we offer various self-defense and safety equipment, as well as a few little range range-related goodies, and just a few small branded Templar strategic items. But overall, guys, if you have any questions, any concerns, if you have anything you'd like to hear in our podcast, if you have anything you'd like to see discussed on any of our YouTube videos, things like that, if you're interested in our services and you're here in the great state of West Virginia, by all means, throw us an email at info at TemplarStrategicSolutions.com or give us a call at 
304-591-9787. Again, that's 304-591-9787. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you got a little bit of a chuckle out of our having to deal with this gentleman. And hopefully you have opened your eyes, we've opened your eyes a little bit more to the vast importance of the efforts involved in due diligence and making sure that you know exactly who you're doing business with when you receive these types of emails where they want you to allow them to send you a larger sum of money or things like that. And I'm going to give you one more clue, guys, and this was the other thing that told me that our email sender there did not know very much of anything about the private security industry as a whole when he wanted us to give him a full fee sheet, okay? The thing being, guys, is there is no way, I've met very few security companies over the years that on something especially as high risk as an armed contract, or high liability as an armed contract, that's going to say, sure, it's going to cost you this amount flat rate for this contract. If they do that, I promise you guys, they padded the bid. And when I say padded the bid, they calculated up your man hours, they calculated up their baseline, and then they added 10 to 15% to cover any incidentals. But again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. We look forward to coming back here shortly with some new material. I know Captain Jones has a few projects in the work as well as a material that's getting put together for us. And as soon as we have any new information about our email friend here who wanted their secure, the real estate company's property secured, even though they didn't own it, we will absolutely give you guys an update either here or over on our YouTube channel and, of course, on our Facebook page. And beyond that, guys, here in the near future, we're going to be examining a few assorted topics, including reviewing the importance of a clearly laid out use of force policy, as well as reviewing some key notes from the Templar Strategic Solutions and Templar Security Specialists use of force policy and talking about a few newer topics that are coming to light of late with the private security industry here in West Virginia. And hopefully we'll have some exciting news for you about a few opportunities that should be coming to the local area here in Jackson, Roan, Calhoun, Wood, and Kanawha counties or Gilmer County within the next few weeks. Thanks again, guys. Have a great evening, and please stay safe out there, guys.